This is the recap, a review of the day's news in the Tri-States area for Monday, December 4th, 2023. With Tri-States Public Radio News, I'm Mike Murray. A paraprofessional at a special education school in Carthage was arrested on sexual abuse charges. 27-year-old Madeline Stewart of Fort Madison is charged with aggravated criminal sexual abuse and aggravated criminal sexual assault of a juvenile at Chaddock School. Authorities say additional charges are pending. A lot of Illinoisans think the state is corrupt, but now if they see something, they can say something anonymously. Illinois Public Radio's Alex Degman reports. Any Illinois residents who suspect their local, county, or state officials are engaging in bribery, kickbacks, extortion, or other corrupt acts can report it through the Illinois State Police's new online portal. Kent Redfield is a professor emeritus of political science at the University of Illinois Springfield. He says accountability and follow-up might be difficult with an anonymous form. People that are willing to give you an anonymous tip may not want their name be on in the, a matter of public record. The Special Investigations Unit of the Illinois State Police will organize the complaints and refer them to the appropriate investigative agency. A spokesperson says ISP has enough staff and resources to do it. I'm Alex Degman. A grant from the Department of Justice will help Western Illinois University develop a virtual training center for law enforcement in the region. The $746,000 grant comes from the DOJ's Office of Community-Oriented Policing Services. It will fund an online de-escalation training program under the leadership of psychology professor Kimberly McClure at Western. The scenario-based training is meant to improve interactions between police officers and the communities they serve. A second lawsuit has been filed against Iowa's law banning books with sexual content from school libraries. The state's largest teachers' union, the Iowa State Education Association, is joining with the book publisher Penguin Random House to ask a federal court to block enforcement of the law. Four well-known authors are also part of the lawsuit, including Lori Holtz Anderson, whose novel Speak has been removed from more than a dozen school districts, according to a Des Moines Register database. Anderson says the law violates students' free speech rights to choose the books they want to read. The families of Iowa have the right to supervise and choose what their own children are reading, of course. But no one group of parents or politicians has the right to limit the books available to other citizens. The lawsuit is directed at leaders of the Iowa Department of Education as well as the superintendents of Urbandale and Norwalk schools. Last week, a separate legal challenge was launched by the ACLU of Iowa arguing the law also discriminates against LGBTQ students. Governor Kim Reynolds responded to that lawsuit with a statement saying books with graphic depictions of sex acts have absolutely no place in our schools. Illinois public health officials want racism declared as a contributing factor to a public health crisis. It's one of five provisions in the Healthy Illinois 2028 initiative. Research shows that people of color have higher rates for heart disease, cancer, diabetes, and infant mortality. The State Board of Health and the Illinois Department of Public Health say that declaring racism as part of the problem could improve health outcomes for people of color. Rural schools in Illinois will get a larger voice in state decisions starting next year. 
State Senator Dave Kaler sponsored legislation in 2023 that created the Rural Education Advisory Council. He says rural schools feel their needs are being overlooked. They have some problems that are very unique to them, uh, transportation being one of the, the, the biggest problems because of the distance that a lot of their students have to travel. The Peoria Democrat says the council will advise the Illinois State Board of Education, but it won't have any decision-making power. They will hold their first meeting in January. New rules proposed by the EPA would require most cities in the country to replace lead pipes within 10 years. Iowa cities have already been working to identify lead pipes in order to comply with a federal deadline of next October. Corey McCoy of the Iowa DNR says the new proposal will make water safer due to increased testing requirements, but there are some issues. The challenge is going to be the cost and the time that we have to do that in the workforce to do it. So I applaud EPA's efforts, and, and this is just the first crack at it. So um, we'll take a hard look at this to see where we'll land with this final rule that will come out next year. Iowa's bipartisan infrastructure funding is providing $162 million in grants through 2026 to address the issue of safe drinking water. Several Iowa cities have already requested funding to help replace lead pipes in their communities. In Des Moines, there are an estimated 20,000 lead service lines. Those are lines that connect a water main to individual buildings. The U.S. banned the use of lead pipes in 1988. In our feature for today, Galesburg's Orpheum Theater was not prepared for a reduction in the funding it typically gets from the city of Galesburg, but that's what's in the budget for next year. Tri-State's Public Radio's Jane Carlson tells us more. The holidays are the busiest season for the 107-year-old theater on South Kellogg Street that's known as the Jewel of Galesburg. This is Choral Dynamics performing their holiday show, Sing We Now of Christmas Carol, over the weekend in the theater. In all, the Orpheum hosts an average of an event a week, and Executive Director Aaron Glasnovich says they do it with a small staff, volunteers, and a budget of around $500,000 a year, which includes maintenance of the ornate theater and keeping the lights on. We have a lot of support throughout the community, and the city has been a wonderful partner to us for such a long time, so we hope that we can continue to get support in that way. It's really a community effort to keep a place like the Orpheum doing what it does. Glasnovich has worked for the Orpheum for around 12 years, and she's run the theater the last four. She says the Orpheum gets a portion of Galesburg's hotel-motel tax revenue through an agreement with the city that was approved in the early 2000s. The agreement is for 2% of the tax, and it was supposed to be capped at $100,000 a year. But as the tax generated more money, the Orpheum got more money. Glasnovich says in recent years, that's been in the neighborhood of $130,000 to $140,000. But the proposed 2024 budget for the city has just $100,000 for the Orpheum. Glasnovich says the city funding through the hotel-motel tax is invaluable to the theater, and she only learned about the funding change last week. When you're kind of constrained already, it does take a lot of creativity and a lot of real hard thinking about, you know, well, where do we have to cut back now? I'm hopeful that we're not going to find ourselves in that place uh, because I do know that the Orpheum means a lot to the community. Grants, donations, ticket sales, and theater rentals all go toward that $500,000 budget. But losing a chunk of city funding with little notice 
will be a challenge. Glasnovich says there are ways to help. Raising awareness about how important it is to maintain funding for the Orpheum, I just encourage them to make their voices heard by, you know, leaving us a review online, going to our Facebook page and commenting. For those Galesburg residents, please, you know, feel free to, to let your counselors know that the Orpheum is important to you. The city council will vote on the budget at tonight's meeting. Mayor Peter Schwartzman says how the hotel motel tax is allocated has been under scrutiny for a few years. Previous councils were aware that the Orpheum's annual funding was above the cap in the contract and it was approved again and again in the annual budget. And there were conversations about whether it should be returned to the contract level. That's one aspect of what we're talking about here. Now, the second aspect is when the new council was brought on in May, this was a priority for them to revisit the hotel motel tax portion. Schwartzman says these changes to the hotel motel tax allocations for next year's budget were never discussed in a public meeting. In addition to cutting funding for the Orpheum to its contract amount, the budget increases funding for Gelsberg Promise by about the same amount. Gelsberg Promise is an incentive program for high school students that pays some tuition to attend Carl Sandburg College. It gets 2% of the hotel motel tax too, but with no cap. Schwartzman says there are increases the public may not know about in other areas too from other revenue sources. For instance, $100,000 for Discovery Depot Children's Museum after they got 60000 last year and a $55,000 increase for the Tourism Bureau. My goal now that the budget is up for a vote is to make clear to the public what this council has uh, instructed the city manager to do in these areas. So increases in certain areas, and then this, this is the only area that I know of that's showing a decrease, which is the Orpheum contribution. In other business tonight, the City Council will receive recommendations from a task force appointed to take up the issue of a community center in Galesburg. The task force recommends spending $1.5 million to renovate the current library building into a community center and giving $800,000 to the YMCA. I'm Jane Carlson. In the weather for our listening area for today, it should be mostly cloudy with a high in the low 40s. We expect north winds around 5 miles an hour, and they will turn towards the southwest this afternoon. For tonight, it should be cloudy with a low in the low 30s. Rain and snow mix will be likely overnight, and then a slight chance of rain after 5 in the morning. For TSPR News, I'm Mike Murray. Tri-State's Public Radio is part of the NPR Network.